On Friday, June 17th, in a late afternoon press release, it emerged that former State Deputy Premier John Barillaro was appointed to the plum role of Senior Trade and Investment Commissioner to the Americas, a New York-based position granted at the taxpayer's expense at just under $500,000 a year. This figure does not include the $112,950 allowance granted to Mr. Barillaro, as well as the business flights he and his travelling party are allowed to use twice per year to return home for the duration of the employment. What's more galling is that it has emerged the former Deputy Premier himself was the architect of the role, and now being found to have been the ideal candidate after a lengthy and global search, according to current Premier Dominic Perrottet. The New South Wales State Labor Party was vocal in their opposition to this appointment. Here's Chris Minns. Apparently they conducted a global search for the best person to represent the interests of this state, and who knew? He was here all along. John Barillaro got the job. I mean, Seriously, with the cost of living exploding and with net debt in New South Wales approaching $170 billion, surely we can do better than jobs for the boys, jobs for the mates. What the PSA wants to know is, shouldn't this position be granted to a senior public servant working in the best interests of the state for a fraction of the price tag? For more on this, here is Assistant PSA General Secretary Troy Wright. Troy, aside from the allegations of jobs for the boys that some of the major newspapers are claiming this appointment to be, shouldn't this role have gone to a public servant acting in the best interests of the state at presumably a fraction of the price? I think uh, the PSA would have to share the concerns of being expressed in the media over the last two days about this appointment. It's very, very curious how this has been landed, that the minister responsible for creating the role retires and then successfully is granted the role or, 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 or wins the role, if you like. Now, yesterday and today's papers are asking some serious questions about how that recruitment process took place. But to put it in our members' terms, if a school principal created an additional role at a school and then was later successful in obtaining that role, I think that would be very, very quickly referred to ICAC or if a, a prisoner governor created an additional new role that was, say, it was liaising with community in, in, you know, Nowra, something like that, you know, and paid a large salary, retires and then got that role themselves, rightly, there would be an investigation of some sort, of some sort of level. It would be very, questions would be asked, our members would be concerned, and that's exactly what's happened here. As Minister for Trade, and look, to be honest, I don't quite understand what role the New South Wales government or what need it has for a trade minister anyway, given it's a, a national function. But as minister, state minister for trade, they create this role, which was a, a US trade commissioner. John Barillaro retires on December 30th, the end of the year, and is successful in obtaining it. Now, the salary is astronomical. Yeah. The salary is $450,000. $112,000 on top of that for cost of living expenses and two business flights back to Australia every year for presumably not just for Mr. Barillaro, but his family as well. Indeed. So, you know, I, I think the higher the position and the greater the package that comes with that position comes the greater the scrutiny. That's probably the, the standard by which it should go. And given the Cabinet, as the papers revealed yesterday, the Liberal Cabinet didn't see this appointment. And many of them have privately voiced concerns to the media that if that had come before Cabinet, they would have opposed it. They would have seen it as a conflict of interest. Absolutely. I mean, well, how can Dominic Perrottet, with a straight face, justify uh, the living expenses, just as an aside that you referenced, over $100,000, such magnitude, when some of our members' entire salaries wouldn't even match such a figure? 
Yeah, so we now have a US Trade Commissioner for New South Wales with a living expenses allowance of $112,000. Meanwhile, we have members right across New South Wales on normal wages, average wages, who are struggling with the cost of living here. As we all know, inflation is now at 5.1%, 5.2%. Struggling with the cost of living here in New South Wales, and this government's response to that isn't giving them a $112,000 allowance. It's a, it's a salary increase less than half of the current inflation rate, less than half. At 5.1% inflation, our members are receiving 3%, of which half a percent is superannuation. So they're effectively receiving a salary increase this year. This government proposes to give them a salary increase of 2.5%, less than half of inflation. You compare that to $112,000 living expenses for living in New York. It's absurd. And our members should rightly be offended by it. Yet another thing our members should be infuriated by, not just is the offer to them bad, but then there seems to be a very, very different offer when you get to these plum postings. Absolutely. And, you know, particularly John Barillaro himself has had a very storied career in New South Wales politics and uh, is no stranger to members of the PSA having voiced his opinion of some of the work that frontline members of the PSA actually perform in times of crisis. And I, and I mentioned specifically national parks. There's a history there. Do you want to remind some of the listeners of some of the things that Mr. Barillaro uh, had said of, uh, had said of our members during the bushfires when I believe he himself may or may not have been in the country during the crisis he was referring to? <laughs> yeah, look, that was a very, very uh, infuriating point of our union's history that uh, 2017 and 2018, the National Park Service underwent or was forced to undergo a restructure where about $700 million was cut out of its budget. In response to those budget cuts, they were forced to restructure in a way that reduced a number of positions, frontline positions, and also important planning and coordination positions on things like bushfires, on things like, um, you know, pest management. Stacks of positions were lost right across the state, and particularly those in hazard reduction. That was 2017, that was 2018. The PSA made very clear publicly and privately to the department that that structure would not work. This could be catastrophic. The bushfires struck New South Wales like they have never hit New South Wales in late 2019. And we had John Barillaro, then the Deputy Premier. He might have been the Acting Premier at the time, if I recall correctly, but certainly Deputy Premier, mouthing off in the media blaming our members for the bushfires, saying there hadn't been enough hazard reductions uh, uh, exercises undertaken. The fact of the matter was there hadn't been enough hazard reduction undertaken, firstly because of the weather, but secondly because of the state, the budget cuts imposed by his government. And he had the gall, the gall to somehow blame some sort of what he called green tape as the reason why the bushfires occurred. It was never that. It was decisions he made he made as part of government, as a senior person in government, that directly was attributable to those bushfires in cutting back our members' jobs. So this guy has a record that I don't think is enviable at all. And if you look back at his political legacies, I fail to see how he should be given any public sector posting at all, given you know the, the, the contribution he's made to the New South Wales public and the New South Wales public sector in particular has been zero.
And so now to see him land only less than six months after his political retirement, this sort of plum appointment is galling. Just on the budget, um, today it was announced that New South Wales will introduce an extra year of education, offering five days per week for uh, pre-kindergarten to every four-year-old. Obviously, it's not going to be rolled out until 2030, but the budget pledge is worth $5.8 billion. Now, obviously, the Teachers' Federation and our members are going to be up in arms, you know, the demands um, that their demands are being ignored, uh, including scrapping the wages cap. Uh, if the New South Wales government is willing to spend over $5 billion on this uh, outcome, you know, and $55 million on the trade invoice, as we were just talking about, how does their argument against lifting our wages cap, which is estimated to cost $5 billion, stack up? Uh, it's the contradictions are astounding. And let's, our members need to be clear this is a budget that's not being made in the interests of anyone other than the LNP and their hopes of being re elected in March. I have never witnessed a state budget which has been so coordinated in its drip feeding through the media over the last two weeks. It's been good announcement after good announcement. All of the announcements are projected to really take place after the state election in March 2023. All of them, all those costs are sort of deferred to them. And in the meantime, what we actually needed in this budget right here, right now, to address the inflation our members are experiencing right here, right now in June 2022, was a cost of living increase to their salaries that would cover that. And we're not getting it. Instead, it's sprinkle all these trinkets around that will take place in 10 years time, five years time, um, cut into the budget then, in the hope that we will forget what's happening to us right now. Well, you know, this government, we're going to make it very, very clear that this government, to this government, that our members will notice what's happening right now and they will remember it in March 2023. They will remember the cut to their standard of living in 2022 when they vote next year, not some bizarre promises for things that no one ever asked for, whether it's housing affordability plans or an extension in schooling that won't kick in for many years. This is what our members need now. This is what a responsible government would have given them now. Instead, they're going to try and bribe their way out of this with promises for the future. Call the PSA today on 1300 772 679 or head to psa.asn.au.